Welcome to Mike Ferry Strategies, the official MFO podcast. Hear from Mike Ferry himself, or maybe one of his speakers, possibly one of his top coaches, and even top producers from around North America. Agents, each week you will learn how to increase your production to develop a successful mindset, make more money, and get the most out of the Mike Ferry sales system. This podcast is your portal to expert real estate training, helping you become a top producing agent. Let's get started. Welcome back. Tony Smith here again with you today on Mike Strategies. Happy to be here. We're going to shift gears a little bit. If you remember a couple weeks back, if you've been staying tuned to these podcasts, it wasn't that long ago that we had a podcast where I was discussing one of Mike's strategies, which is to have you clearly decide that being a listing agent is so much more productive and profitable than being a buyer's agent. Well, we all know at the same time that there's buyers out there and that everyone works with buyers and many of our great agents still work with buyers. So I thought, since I know that most of you will work with buyers, some more than others, that we should address the way Mike would approach a strategy of working with buyers. So today we're going to talk about working with buyers, Mike Ferry strategy. Okay, so let's dig into this a little bit. First and foremost, in today's world, you have to really appreciate the fact that the inventory has gotten to a place that has made working with buyers very, very difficult. There are very few homes for sale, and there's a lot of buyers that have started to build up and build up and build up. And with with that low inventory and the incredibly historically low interest rates that we have, we've kind of have this perfect storm where it makes it really tough for a buyer to get into a house even though they really want to and it makes a lot of sense to do it okay so you're in this space you know you talk to mike about strategy mike will tell you this if the market is really down and there's lots of homes on the market buyers will take a long time to put together because they have all kinds of choices and they get confused When a market's really hot and there's very little inventory, multiple offers, all those things, buyers will take a long time to put together because of the competition. So you have to understand that buyers will take longer than, first of all, than we think they will, and then they will take longer than if you decide to list property. So we're not going to back down from that, but we know you're going to work with buyers. So if you are going to work with buyers, let's apply some of Mike's points about a strategy that you should consider when you're working with buyers. First and foremost, remember that 30% of your business should come from working with buyers and 70% of your business and income should really come from working with sellers which leaves you to this 30%. If you follow his strategy, then three out of 10 deals you put together are gonna be buyer transactions. So let's treat those properly and be as efficient and as effective as you possibly can be with that 30% of your income and your deals, right? Naturally, of course, the first thought that we have when working with buyers is all of your buyers should be pre-qualified by a lender, you know, 100%, right? I don't know if you've ever been in the trap of showing or spending a lot of time with a buyer only to find out that they're not qualified or they have some major financial issues. There couldn't be a bigger waste of time than that. Showing someone around uh, that can't physically buy a home because of their financial situation. So of course you need to have them all pre-qualified for their financial status. 
The other side though, and where this gets a little tricky today when working with buyers with super low inventory, is you have an obligation to then go ahead and pre-qualify them for their motivation and really dig in on their motivation to buy. Dig in on their motivation and their clarity of what type of home they want, what area they want, what location they want, the style and type of home. Your job is really to understand that motivation because if you take a so-so motivated buyer today out into the world and you run around with what it takes today to put a deal together, you're probably not going to end up with a deal. Why? Because will that buyer do what it takes in today's climate to buy a home if they're not that motivated, right? Will they jump at seven o'clock at night and go look at a home instantly so they can get their offer in? Will both the husband and wife uh, get together and, and come to common ground with what they want? Will they write an offer that will get accepted today? Many cases over the list price. Will they be able to remove all the other contingencies and the things that could cloud up the deal, right? If a buyer today is not willing or able to do all the physical sides of what it takes to buy a home, you're certainly wasting your time. So you need to spend more time than ever really checking into this buyer to see if they're willing to do what it takes to buy a home today. We've had so many agents that we have these stories that uh, weren't thrilled with the production that they had. And they come to Mike Ferry saying, hey, we want, to, we want to consider your coaching. We're not thrilled with our production. We'd like to improve it. And as we dig in and talk to them about it, we find out today that it was, I took on a buyer. Uh, they were motivated, but not that motivated. Then I got a second buyer and a third buyer because they're everywhere. Now I've got three buyers and I've been showing them around. Um, one highly motivated, one not so motivated, one that won't follow the rules of what it takes. I get one of those buyers together. The other two I'm working with. Uh, and then several weeks later, I realized that I didn't dedicate any time at all to listing property. So at the end of the year, they say, I only sold six, six homes. And it was kind of a trap and they got caught in that trap. So don't get caught there. Right? Mike's strategy recommends that there's really only four types of buyers that you should be working with. You should work with number one, your past clients who are motivated and have to buy. Okay, now be very clear in my language. Your past clients, of course, that are motivated and have to buy. What you don't spend a lot of time with is with your past clients that are not motivated don't have to buy, but sure like to take your time to go look around and see what's out there, okay? So the, you, you have to double check the motivation. The second type of buyer you should work with, your sellers who are priced to sell. Naturally, if you have a listing and they're priced to sell and they're gonna sell and they have to buy a replacement property, of course you're gonna work with that seller who is there. But if you have a seller that's $150,000 overpriced, how much time should you spend working with them as a buyer when they're never going to sell their home? Okay, hopefully all your listings are priced right. The third type of buyer that you should work with are highly motivated referrals. And we know here at the MFO uh, organization, we really have a lot of clients that are through our referral network, which is a really strong feature if you get into our coaching program. The referral network is causing these buyer and seller trades, these referrals back and forth, back and forth all over the country. 
and you have to really keep those lines open. So if you have a, a source of referrals coming from another agent, another state, another location, boy, you really want to work with those highly motivated referral buyers that you're getting. Okay, and then the, the fourth buyer that you should consider working with in these times especially is obviously the buyer that wants to buy your listing. Okay, we have a joke here at MFO. We say, you know, whenever you double end a deal, now think about this, whenever you double end a deal, you work both sides of the transaction, usually, okay, usually the agent that represents the buyer on the other side is pretty good to work with. Okay, that's us saying that, you know, hopefully when you double-side a deal, you're pretty good working with yourself in terms of putting that deal together. But you need to work with those four types of buyers. Well, what about the internet leads and the sign calls and ad calls and all those other things? Our strategy is we don't recommend working with a lot of those because they tend to be the lower quality buyers that run you around in circles and they don't close that many transactions. You also need to consider in our strategy that you really need to refine your process to show and tell your buyer the exact process you're going to use before you start showing them property. If they won't adhere to your rules, the process that you're going to use, uh, you know, totally pre-qualified by my lender before we get in the car. Um, you have to be prepared. I only show three homes at a time, which we'll get to in a moment. Here's the process I use to get you into the house. I'm going to ask you to buy the homes that I show you. If they're not willing to adhere to your rules before you start showing, you know and I know that you're going to have a problem down the road, right? It's always easy to look back on a buyer deal, that, a nightmare that you put together and look back on that nightmare and go, man, I saw these signs. I knew that these problems were going to come up. This buyer was saying things like, I want you to show me every home in the area. I want you to be able to show me anytime I call, show me property. Uh, I want to look at all the homes first and then I'm going to have my husband or wife come look with me later. I want to buy a home, but I'm going to need my grandparents to help me with the decision process. You know all the signs that a buyer gives you that it's going to be a nightmare. It's always easier to see after the fact. Okay, We're going to ask you, if you really want to define our strategy, we're going to ask you to share with the buyer your process before you start showing them property. Okay, We also recommend that you start setting some strong standards. Okay. Just like we ask you with the seller, we want you to set some really strong standards of the buyers you work with. It could be from price point. You'll only show certain buyers over a certain price point. It could be that you'll only show um, buyers that are willing to work with your system, right? These four types of buyers that I spoke to, maybe that's officially a standard for you. But if you don't have standards with buyers, boy, they seem to show up from everywhere and they all look kind of good to begin with. And then you look back and go, wow, I didn't meet my standards with that. Okay. Uh, in working with buyers, you have to find a way to distinguish yourself from everyone else. If you want to succeed, you have to identify what separates you from your competition. Maybe it's that you know the statistics of the homes in the area really well 
and you can deliver those stats to a buyer to help them make a good decision. Maybe it's your negotiating skills. Maybe it's your lead follow-up skills. Maybe it's your customer service that you have in working with a buyer to get them through the transaction. Maybe if you have great staff that helps you with the, the physical inspections and all the paperwork and all those things. It's really important to get a list of all the things that distinguish you from all the rest of the agents out there so you can share that with, with a buyer. Okay, this is a big one, and this is, this is something that you have to look at very closely. We recommend that you only show properties when all the decision makers are present. Okay, and you have to get them clear on this. I'm not going to run back and forth three times with all your family before the decision makers get there. Okay, you've got to get the decision makers to agree to group up and meet and see these properties together, right? And you need to get, you know, uh, you get them on page with this and accepting this, right? If they're motivated and they understand how it works, they will show up together to buy a home. Okay, right? You know, it's not uncommon for a buyer these days to buy the same type of home over and over and over again. If you really study buyers and their lifetime uh, purchases they've made, you know, a normal person has had four, five, six homes in their life maybe, right? So they have four, five, six, seven homes in their life. You notice that the type of home they buy is always very similar. Basically, people like what they like. And you're not going to very often get a buyer that's in a, you know, a ranch-style home to go to some kind of a contemporary-type home. It's just they very rarely do that. So if you understand that, right, um, you have to listen and really start um, asking them a lot of questions about what have some of their previous homes been? What were the best features in homes that they've owned in the past, right? And you'll get clear. It'll help you reduce your, you know, some of the pitfalls in finding the right home for the buyer you're looking with. Okay? Now what we do know in this strategy, and this is straight up, the more property you show over and over and over, their confidence in you dwindles. Okay, So if you can't cut to the chase and get them there, it, you know, on the third and fourth and fifth showing, you have to appreciate the fact that the buyer is starting to go, I don't know if this agent can find me the right home. So if you're not asking all the questions, if you're not really getting super clear what they're looking for, if you're not delivering to them what they're looking for, their confidence in you dwindles. And when that happens, they're more likely to just start probing around to other realtors and start asking other agents about other homes. And I know we've all experienced this. I know I have. I know you probably have. We've all experienced that nightmare when you've been out working diligently with a buyer. You've been showing them nights, weekends, over and over. And then the next thing you know, they call to announce that they bought a home from somebody else. Okay? That only comes from their confidence dwindling and just the fact that we all understand when a buyer wants to buy something, they are looking everywhere. You have to appreciate they're looking with you. They're looking online. They're looking at new homes. They're talking to other realtors. They're talking to their friends and family. They're driving around. When a buyer is motivated to buy, they are considering all their options. So we never assume that we have that buyer locked down. We got to be sharp and on our game at all times, right? Another thing that we have as a strategy we recommend and we highly uh, we have a lot of proof of how this is highly effective only show 3 homes at a time and then ask them to buy. 
Okay, now in today's world, that's pretty easy. I can appreciate it. There aren't thousands of homes for sale in their, in their price range and qualifications. So you don't have a lot of properties to show them. I get it. But you have to consider that if you have a mode of packaging up three and four and five homes and two over here and two on that side of town and three down there, it's only going to confuse them. You've got to do a much better job of filtering out properties that don't match what they need and only showing them three homes at a time. And then the key to that is you've got to ask them to buy. You know, so often we, we find out that agents have been on a great showing appointment and they drove them through three homes and they walked them through the property and, and you know, uh, they never actually said the words, would you like to buy this home? Should we go ahead back to the office and write an offer? What is stopping you from making an offer on this home today? Right? They don't actually say the words. They kind of imply it, but they don't say the words. I'm going to tell you right here and now, you've got to learn to ask them to buy. Okay? It takes so much longer if you don't. You know, you always have to really think about that um, you can give a, you know, a buyer that doesn't meet your standards, right? If they don't meet the qualifications, it's okay to start setting up an environment with other agents in your company, other agents in the office, that you can go ahead and refer those buyers out and get a little referral fee. We all can attest to a buyer sale that we closed. Now hear me on this, we closed the buyer sale and we can all have one of these circumstances where we go, you know what? I would have been so much better off if I had just referred that buyer to someone else in the office and taken a 25% referral fee than I would have been by going through what I went through to get that full commission. We all can attest to those times. So if you, have, if you start to understand where we're coming from, you take the buyers, the ones that don't meet your standards, you just start referring them off to other agents in the office and get collect a referral fee. Let them run around for 6, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14 weeks. Let them write 9, 10, 12 offers. Let them go through all that and then you get a 25% referral fee at the end. Many times that's a better option. Okay. Um, in the world today, everybody's in kind of this team building mindset, building teams, buyers, agents, all those things, which we understand, okay, but we, our strategy is that you only start using showing agents and start considering buyer's agents when you are generating enough listings to consistently produce a high number of buyer leads. Okay, don't get caught in this trap of, you know, day one of your real estate career, start hiring buyer's agents and you haven't ever taken a listing yet. Why? Because the agents that take that approach where they start hiring buyer's agents right away, they feel this huge obligation to feed them. And it's a trap because you can start, all it does is force you into buying leads off the internet. And you start buying more and more and more leads because you've got to keep your buyer's agents happy. Well, the expense of buying all those leads and doing all that stuff to keep buyer's agents happy rarely ever makes it profitable. So you've got to be a listing generator. Let's be clear, okay? The listing, the property you list with the sign in the ground, posted on the MLS, in the internet, that listing is what causes the buyer activity for you. It causes the calls and the sign calls and it causes the internet activity, right? If you don't have a constant stream of listings, 
don't start getting buyer's agents, okay? Uh, we've seen many agents just fall down that road and it doesn't pay, okay? Uh, you need to create a really strong buyer presentation, just like a listing presentation. If you, if you want to work with some buyers, you've got to have a solid presentation. We recommend that you bring the buyers into your office before you ever start showing them homes. And we recommend this, first of all, because it shows a level of commitment on their part, right? Meet me at the house. Meet me at the house. Okay, if they won't even come into the office for any kind of a short presentation, what are, them, what are the odds of them cooperating with you long term? It's usually pretty small. You've got to create a presentation. A buyer comes into the office. You've got to have dynamics. You've got to have a good opening, a good handshake, a good smile, good eye contact. You've got to create an environment where you can sit them down and you can walk them through the process that you use when, when working with them as a buyer. And you can create that in such a way that they, it builds confidence. And they feel so confident that you know what you're doing, the process you use. We have agents in MFO today that will literally sit a buyer down in front of the computer and show them the process they use to select homes to show them, right? And show them, okay, you want 2,000 square feet in this area. Let's type that in. You got to have four bedrooms? Okay, four bedrooms. You want to be in this school district? Okay, this school district. You got to have three-car garage? Okay, three-car garage. You've got to have that big backyard? Okay, big backyard. You type it all in the computer. Push open. One listing, <laughs> okay? So based on the criteria you just gave me, there's only one home that meets your criteria. Sometimes a buyer seeing that is worth its weight in gold because it shows them what process you go through. Create a strong showing a buyer presentation in your office, okay? So in a quick recap of what we want for standards, always pre-qualify them with your lender. Always pre-qualify them for their motivation and if they're willing to do what it takes to buy a home. Make sure all of the decision makers are present when you get in the car or go out and show property and never show more than three homes at one time. That's the straight line approach to the four standards you should have. Okay. I hope this helps. I hope it's, it's, it's a brief view on buyers. I know we could go on and on and on for days and days about it, but this is really Mike's strategy with some points of how you should adopt this world. Okay. It's going to re represent a portion of your income, probably for a majority of your career. So let's take some proper steps to do it right. Okay. I hope this helps you. I really thank you for the opportunity. Listen, if there's anything you need for us, you know, 1-800-448-0647. If there's something you need, we are here to help you in the real estate industry. Call us. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Join us next Friday for another episode of Mike Ferry Strategies. If you like our show, visit our website at www.mikeferry.com. And don't forget to check out the Mike Ferry TV podcast every Monday for new messages from Mike Ferry himself.